Which is why we get along so well. Exactly. We're both just weirdos. I tried to, like, think of, like, because I know whenever we'd hang out, we'd watch, like, haunted movies and scary things. And I also thought about doing a swan since we watched Black Swan together <laughs> with your dad, which was, like, one of the most awkward experiences yes, of my life. pretty funny. <laughs> I watched I watched so much worse with my parents. So it's fair. It's fair. So it was so funny though. But piranha at the beach with my I mom. thought about doing piranhas. <laughs> I thought about doing piranhas. Oh, there was yeah. a lot of animals I thought about doing. I was like, I could do so many things that I've seen movies with her. Uh, and then I was trying to think of like what would be like the haunted kind of animal I could do since she loves haunted movies and like scary movies and stuff. So yeah. But then I ended up doing a cute one that I knew you would like, and then I did the other one that was like, I really want to just talk about this endangered animal, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, there was a sad picture, and we don't want no sad pictures. No sad pictures. No sad pictures. This is a happier episode. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to my podcast, where I geek out about animals. I'm Nicole, and you are listening to Animal Facts. This podcast may not be suitable for all listening ears, specifically young ones. And I just want to remind everyone that I am not a professional, just an animal enthusiast, because I just love learning about them. I think they're so cool, and they can do so many cool things. Some things I say may just be my opinion, and sometimes I am misinformed, or sometimes I am just straight up wrong. So forgive me, I am only human after all. But please email me at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so I can correct myself, and I also have the chance to learn from you. Thanks for joining me! Enjoy! Welcome, animal lovers, to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole, and my guest again this week is... Megan! Megan! She's <laughs> back because she loves me, and she supports my dreams of becoming... I don't know what actually my dreams are of becoming with this podcast. I just like talking about animals. Our personal question this week is, do you have any pets, and what are their names, and what kind of pets they are? Because I know you do, so we're going to talk about pets. I have four pets. Four. Two kitties. A black kitty named Azula, a mm-hmm. gray tabby named Zuko, and two dogs. Uh, one is a king shepherd, like a German shepherd. Her name is Jinx, or Hijinx. Cute. And the last one is a Catahoula border collie Australian shepherd mix named Freya. Yes. She's a ball of energy. Yes. <laughs> and you got her from Craigslist. Craigslist. You saved it and adopted a cute puppy. She, she's doing really good. Good. Good, good. And your cats are... Didn't... I feel like the last we time we talked to you... got from the Humane Society. Yeah. Yeah. There are two now. Nice. Yeah. Did you get them together or separately? Separate. We got them about six months apart. Zuko was a big bully for a little while, <laughs> but now they're best buds, except good. for he occasionally tears around the house, chasing after her. Nice. I feel like it should have been the opposite, since in the... Avatar show, it's usually Azula attacking Zuko. But Azula is very brave. Oh. And Zuko is a little chicken cat. So. Oh, well, then it makes sense. <laughs> very fitting names. Hot-tempered, but chicken. Yes. <laughs> With the calm, collected, brave one. Yes. Like, I can handle this. That she, is actually fair. Zuko does too. chase Azula a lot in the show. Exactly. <laughs> that is true. I love it. <laughs> cool. And then Jinx you got from your brother. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, your puppies and cats are cute. I've only seen pictures, but they're so cute. <laughs> they're good. Good. Good, good. And then I have three pets. I have three dogs. I've got Harley, which is my Alaskan Malamute mix, and she's ten years old, so she's, she's ten and a half, actually. She's very old, and she's she's, she's diabetic. <laughs> Um, and then I've got Quinn, who is a purebred Catahoula, and then I have one of her babies because we bred her with a husky a while ago, and we kept one of her babies, and he is a husky Catahoula mix, and his name is Monster. Like the cheese. They're so cute. They are very cute. So, those are, uh, a lot of people think that Harley and Quinn are the parents, and we're like, no, <laughs> Harley's a girl. She's the cranky old aunt. <laughs> Quinn is the mom, which... We kept Munster because she, Quinn was always playing with him, and, like, we were like, well, she picked him, so we kept him, and also he was the only boy. Yeah. Um, and now she's always like, leave me alone. <laughs> but then there's times that Harley will try to play with Munster, and Quinn will be like, you leave my baby alone. <laughs> she's so, like, 
I don't want anything to do with you. And then, like, you're mine. I'm protecting you. <laughs> she's so weird. I feel like she's like most dog parents, I suppose. I don't know yeah. how other dog moms are with their babies. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's cute. So we have a mom and a son. <laughs> so yeah, those are our pets. We like pets. Definitely. And we both grew up with dogs and cats, like, our whole life. I remember you had a rat dog. He was our first dog that we had. Yeah? I guess we had a Dalmatian for a short period of time. But terrified terrified of men. Oh. And, I mean, my dad was, of course, treated her very well. Yeah. Your dad's a sweetheart with pets. She was not happy, so she went to a rescue and then to a home that was female only. So she was not happy at our house. probably abused by men at some point in her life. Mm -hmm. It's sad. But yeah, rat dog, the little yeah. chihuahua. Yeah, was our I remember first dog, dog that we had for a long time. Yeah. He was fun, and he would sing. <laughs> yes, he loved to howl, but he had to be on the back of the couch. Yep, as he high had up his place. He could get. Yep. <laughs> I remember he had costumes. I remember one Halloween. Uh, I don't remember if we dressed rat dog up, but I remember we dressed Paige up as a hot Paige dog. Paige loved clothes. or a bumblebee. I think we had a bumblebee costume. Bumblebee, yeah, she was a real plump bumblebee. Yeah, she was so cute though. <laughs> She would beg for me to put clothes on because she'd get more attention. So <laughs> it's true because she's adorable in clothes. Very cute. She was a cute little chunk. She was a little sausage. Yes, straight <laughs> back from the rib cage to her bottom. <laughs> yes, that was just her body type. It was. She was cute though. Oh, now you have big dogs. Big dogs. For a long time, you just had a bunch of small dogs, and now you have big dogs. Never planned on it, but <laughs> couldn't let anybody else have Jinx. So yeah. So, and we had to get Jinx somebody that she could play with and rough house with, so we had to get another big dog. It's true. And they, I'm sure, get along great. Yep, they're they're very good together. Wipe each other's energy out? Well, at least wipes Jinx's energy out. Freya can get tired. That's good. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Not often. The little engine that could just, if only you could, like, attach a battery to her that could, like, just charge so she just powers your house. Yeah. Just put her on a treadmill or something. Yes. <laughs> dog energy. <laughs> One, gives the dog exercise, and two, we get free energy. There we go. There's there's uh, probably a plan, but also, like, inhumane things to that. She'd probably love it. It's true. It's true. We uh, saw a video, like a TikTok, of uh, someone who, like, took their treadmill off so then, like, that way the dog could just run, and it was, like wasn't, like, controlled by the electric motor or whatever. It was just yeah. the dog running on a treadmill. And Josh and I, like, we should try to do that to our treadmill. <laughs> Find a way to, like, unhook it occasionally so our dogs can just run. Yeah. Because they just, like, get hooked up to a harness to it. And they just run. And they love it because it's exercise. I would love it. Definitely. Does, because Fear's part Kahula, does she have the fully whipped paws? Ah, <sighs> If she did, she'd probably love, I don't know, maybe she would still love swimming. She likes water. Um, she was actually terrified of water when we first got her. Oh. And um, we took him out over the summer with a hose, and Jinx loves the water. Nice. Brad always played with her and with the hose in the backyard, so she was going nuts. And Freya was like, what is going on? This is awful. <laughs> and then she got sprayed once, and now she she went to train from running away to, like, trying to eat the water nice. all over the place. Loved the snow that we had recently. Yes. Oh, I love it when the dogs so, love the snow. Yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> she cool. likes it. Good. There's a place in Portland that, like, is, like, a specific pool for dogs. Where really? they can, like, get, like, exercise swimming and in the water and stuff. Josh and I were going to take Quinn, but then COVID happened, and so we just haven't taken her yet, but we know she would love it because she loves to swim. Yeah. And she's got those fully with paws because... Most Kahulas do. So she's a really good swimmer. Yeah. Um, so we're like, we need to take her one day. <laughs> so that would be a really cool thing for you to take Thera for good we've, exercise. We've taken them to a river before. There you go. A lake, and they've liked that. Yes. Yes. They're just cold sometimes. <laughs> yeah, very cold. <laughs> it was very cold. <sighs> they it did not seem to mind, though. That's good. Dogs are pretty good that way. I like dogs in swimming. Yeah. All right. You ready to guess this animal? Is it a dog? It is not a doggy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a mammal. Okay. It it does have an A in it. And they are protected if you are caught poaching them. You could serve three years jail time. It's their 
Also a protected animal. <laughs> a mammal that's protected with an A in it. Mm-hmm. So is that a panda? We nope. didn't talk about pandas. <laughs> we did kind of. <laughs> Not a panda. All right. You may, you, you might kind of guess the type of animal on this one. Females are called queens. For a mammal? Uh-huh. So, like, the female of this type. So, like, males are called, like, for cows. Boys are called bulls. Females are called cows. Babies are called calves. Okay. So, the females of this species is called a queen. Which I think is very fitting when you know what kind of animal it is. I'm not sure. Okay. And then they also have 32 muscles in their ears. Seems excessive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure. Fair enough. You ready? Yes. It is. A fishing cat. A fishing cat? It is a fishing cat. It is very cute. So it's a type of cat, um, like a wild cat. And this is a fishing cat. Oh, so cute. They're very cute. I wanted to do a type of cat, like a tiger type thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I figured you would like it. Definitely like cats. I know. Um, So yeah, it's a fishing cat, and it is... Mammal, carnivore, in the cat family, and then its genus is Prionalaris, which just means Asian small cats. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the females are called queens, which all cats' females are called queens, which I think is very fitting. Interesting. So Azula is a queen. She sure thinks so. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the boys are tomcats, I'm sure you know. And babies are kittens. Yeah. So I just think it's funny that females are called queens. I like that. It seems very fitting. Yes. <laughs> they're very. Yeah. They sure I'm think the they're ruler. royalty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. <laughs> they have that attitude about them. We're their peasants. Yes, we are their peasants. <laughs> we really are. Feed me, peasant. <laughs> I will allow two pets, but that is all. <laughs> then you must stop. <laughs> Unless you bring me more treats. <laughs> oh, cats. They're funny. Okay. <laughs> so, their appearance for people who do not get to see a cute picture of the fishing cat. Um, they are small to medium sized. They are feline. Um, and they're basically like, if you were to compare it to a house cat, they're about twice the size of a typical house cat. Obviously, if you have a very fat house cat, it's not going <laughs> to compare. <laughs> Um, but a typical house cat, they're about twice the size. Of, imagine kind of like a bobcat size, maybe? Yeah. Because bobcats are a bit bigger than house cats, but they're not, like, cougar-sized. Um, so adults can weigh about 13 to 26 pounds, which is 6 to 12 kg. And then they measure to be about 2 to 3 feet long, which is about a half to 1 meter long. Um, <clears throat> they have small teeth, so they don't have, like, those giant, sharp, tigery teeth. They're They're small. Like a house cat. Um, and then they do have slight webbing between their toes on their front paws to help them. Not necessarily help them with swimming, but to help them in the water, as we will learn. Because they are a fishing cat, so they do like the water. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird if they didn't, but they were known as a fishing cat. That wouldn't be a very good name. It would be an interesting, like, how did they get their name? <laughs> you know? Okay. They also have a stocky and powerful body, and it is quite long in comparison to their short legs. So I met, did you, the grumpy cat, do you remember the grumpy cat? Yeah. He was like, what, like a door for a midget cat or something, where he's yeah, like, they like a long munchkins. body, but he has munchkins, that's it. But like, the little, little short legs, yeah. little stubby legs, it's kind of like <laughs> Obviously, they don't have like, corgi legs, yeah. but they have shorter legs than you would think to their body comparison, so I imagine kind of grumpy cat or corgi. Yeah. They're the corgi of wild cats, I suppose. Cute. <laughs> um, and then they have a short and coarse curt, court, oh my gosh, <laughs> coat of fur. <laughs> this is my true life of struggle with words. <laughs> <laughs> 
Megan's used to it. I struggle all the time. Um, and then their coloring is like an olive gray in color with a pattern that has solid black spots that run the length of its body, and then they turn into black lines along its spine. So they're both spotted, line, striped, and solid. They're cute. They're cute. Um, they have a short flattened tail that is marked with black rings and it's used to help the animals swim. It works like a rudder. So kind of, yeah. So it's not like this cute, like tubular tail. It's more flatter, kind of like a otter of sorts. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense because it helps them to swim. So I think it's cute. They're an interesting kitty. Uh, their claws are not fully retractable like most other cats. It's kind of cool. The tips of them always will be sticking out um, from their little protective sheaths, so they always have their little claws, so which is kind of cool, but also a little scary because I'm sure they're sharp. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then they have pretty broad heads relative to their body, and their ears are small and rounded with black, and then the back have distinct, distinctive white spots in the center. So that is their description. Pretty cute. Yeah. I'll show you more pictures of them. Because they're so cute. They're so cute. Oh, Look I at like the baby. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I want to have the fish in its mouth. Wow. Oh, and that one's got babies. Oh. So cute. Very cute. So cute. They look like just a house cat and a wild giant cat got together and made like a medium-sized cat. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Because they both look like, if it was smaller, it totally looks like a normal house cat, but if it was bigger, it would look like a wild, like, cheetah or jaguar or something. Yeah. So, there you go. It's a mixture. Okay. Do you want to guess what their conservation level is? Like, are they endangered? Threatened? Least concern? I thought you said they were endangered. They are endangered. I'm listening. Yes, you are. <laughs> I also sometimes don't realize what I say sometimes. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to put this in anyways. Um, so yes, they are an endangered one, and they, so the ICUN, um, has them listed as endangered in its natural environment, and then they could be threatened with extinction in the not-too-distant future, but that is also the case with most big wild cats as well. Yeah. Um, so they're not nearly as dangerous as that whale, yes. or the porpoise, um, but they are, they are endangered, um. There's still room for improvement for this cat. Yeah. Um, so the global population is severely under threat as it has been thought that nearly 50% of their like wetland habitats are constantly <laughs> getting taken out. Um, so mostly it's from habitat loss and then there is some illegal poaching with them. Um, but it's mostly habitat loss that's wiping their, their species out. That's their biggest thing. But I feel like that's the biggest thing with most animals. Habitat loss is always the problem. Definitely. Unless they're super adaptable like a fox. But not everything is as adaptable as a fox. Or a gnat. All my stupid fruit flies. (laughs) And gnats trying to eat my plants. Oh, that plant's Kiyoshi. Because (laughs) because I was like, I need to start early enough in the avatar thing. Because if it dies, the next one it's going to be Roku, and then the next one is going to be Aang, <laughs> and then the next one will be Katara, or not Cora. Cora. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my plan, but it hasn't died yet. Good. So if it makes babies like it's supposed to, this is my uh, pea plant, which is the Chinese money plant is what it's called. Oh, nice. Um, but it's supposed to like make little babies, and every baby it makes, I'm going to name it after a different <laughs> Avatar character. I'm obsessed with that show. Me too. It's so good. It's so good. I'm surprised we didn't watch that one together in high school. I know. We did Gleathons instead. Why didn't we do Avatarathons? We should have. We both would have just watched it and then started over and watched it again. I basically it what so I do. Many times. Yeah. I haven't watched The Legend of Korra. I started I to. I love it. I need to. That's good. I need to. But that's one I have to watch with Josh. That so takes me longer to watch shows whenever I have to watch them. Well, there's a 20 minute episode, so. Yes. <laughs> easier than hour-long episodes. It's true. You're not wrong. I'm only on, like, episode five. But there's times Cora just irritates me that I'm like, I need a break from She's her. so different from Aang. She so is. It's, she it's really is. It's a big is. change. It is. She but, can be a little cocky and yes. just 
I don't know, a bit much sometimes. Yeah, so when I'm in, like, I'm like, I just need a break from her. Because <laughs> I'm so, like, in love with, like, the other characters. And I'm like, I just need a break. You're a little obnoxious. But it's kind of She's nice a young teenager. Yeah. I've been there. And you get more of the characters you love hearing kind of things that happen to yes, them. So I'm excited to learn about, like, Zuko and things. Zuko's my favorite. Yeah. In all of it. He's the best. His character is just great. Okay, back to the fishing cat. Side tangent of plants. <laughs> um, the history of the fishing cat. It was first scientifically described by Bennett. I don't know who Bennett is. It just says by Bennett. <laughs> Whoever Bennett is. Thank you, Bennett. In 1833, and then it was given its scientific name. <clears throat> Science words. <sighs> Dang. You'd probably be really good at this because you're... A kind of doctor. Uh, <laughs> Prionellerus viverinius. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it uh, basically just means that... Oh, the viverinous word. Uh, just means <laughs> that it's crivet-like. Um, and a crivet, or a civet, I guess. It's a civet. Um, is another, like, cat-looking, like, species. Yeah. Um, so they look similar to it, but they're not related. So they're different species, even though they look a little similar. Um, in my opinion, civets are a bit cuter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, that's their name, and when they were discovered by Sir Bennett, or whoever Bennett is. Who do you think Bennett is? I don't know. I don't know. Just Bennett. (laughs) Thanks, Bennett. It's kind of fun to say in a very sassy way. Um, the fishing cat is classed as part of the leopard cat lineage, which means that its ancestors would have evolved about six million years ago. And its closest relatives are leopard cat itself, which is a little different from a leopard, <laughs> um, the palace cat, and the flat-headed cat. Um, so yeah. All different types of cats that I will one day do. I almost did the palace cat for you because they are like the ultimate grumpy cat. Yeah. They're the truest grumpy cat. Have you seen a palace cat? <laughs> I haven't. They are the they are the original grumpy cat. This is a palace cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're a wild. It's still pretty cute. I think though. they're native to Malaysia or something or some yeah. part in Asia. They are cute. But they're like some fierce looking teeth. <laughs> yeah. They are like the original grumpy cat. Um so that's a palace cat. But, so that's one of their relatives, and they come from the lineage of a leopard cat, which is kind of cool. There you go. That's their history. Cool. Not a whole lot on their history. Um, so their environment. Where do you think you can find these fishing cats? Near water? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They do like water. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Do you think they're in... Africa, Asia, Australia, America. Asia. Asia? They are in Asia. So you can find them in a few different countries in Southeast Asia, like Bangladesh, um, Cambodia, China, India, Laos, Malaysia, Myanmar, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, and a few others. Um, And then the areas that they most like are near water. Um, they like dense vegetation that's close to it because they are excellent swimmers. They also like mangroves, swamps, rivers, lakes, marshes, and other forest areas as long as they're close to some type of waters, like streams, lakes, rivers, whatever. Um, and then due to the fact that they prefer dense wetland habitats, they are only found in certain, like, regions of the countries that I previously stated. So they're not really going to be, like... Like some of the big cats adapt to the city life and find find it fine. Um, they're not going to be one of those cats. They like their wetland habitats with the water and the dense vegetation. Okay. Yeah. That's where they'll be. In the wild. Not near your concrete jungle. Different kind of jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What do you think they eat? Fish. Fish. <laughs> Yeah, they are carnivores. Um, They mostly like aquatic animals to eat. 
Um, so like 70% of their diet is fish. And then other things that they will eat are mollusks, frogs, snails, sometimes snakes if they're close to water. So they will eat other things, but majority of their diet is fish. Um, they also will eat birds or mice if they, again, are nearby. Um, they uh, have been known to hunt civets or dogs or sometimes cats if they're in, like, or other livestock if they're small enough that they can hunt. Yeah. Um, if the fishing cat ends up being closer to, like, a settlement that has, like, these domesticated or wild animals. Um, so, they will hunt bigger prey if they need to, but typically they prefer fish. And they kind of have cool ways that they hunt. So they've been known to catch their prey in a few ways, where they'll either dive into the water once they see a fish, which is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just dive, um, and then they'll catch it and come back up and eat. Or they've been known to, like, sit on the edge of the water and, like, tap the water with its paw, making it look like um, ripples, mimicking, like, insects being on their water. And then when the fish comes up to, like, find an insect, it'll just kind of swoop its paw under the water and, like, <laughs> splash the fish out of the water and then go eat it. Okay. Um, so it'll trick the fish. And then another thing it's done is it's been known to swim and then dive under the water and, like, pop back up, like, underneath a bird or something and then attack the bird. So it's, like, been known to, like, pull a duck under the water by its legs and wow. stuff. So it'll swim under animals and pull them under. Smart. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Um, pretty intense little fishers. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What do you think are their threats and predators? Hmm. Are there larger cats that eat them? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know you said the environment there. The environment. It's always humans. We're always a yeah. threat. Ruining everything. <laughs> we do. We suck. Sorry, kitties. Yeah. So, they... Yes, they are... They do fall prey to bigger carnivores, such as tigers and bears... Um, they do, they are pretty powerful, and because of their aquatic nature, they do kind of have their skills to get away from predators. They don't have too many natural predators in the wild, other than, like, a few of the bigger ones that can be a threat, but it's not too common that you'll find tigers and bears eating them. <clears throat> and then their biggest thing, though, is their habitat loss. Um, because of people! We're destroying their wetlands, and we're constantly making their wetlands into industrial and commercial activities, and we also have been known to hunt them over the years for their fur and their meat, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, they are a protected species, and so if you are caught with them, then you do have to do jail time or, like, pay a huge fee, um, but they're, that hasn't stopped people, because yeah. they're skins like their furs have been found in local markets um by poachers but anytime that happens like people like the government do does like seizures and finds them and then punishes people but they're still finding them so it's still a problem but it is being taken care of yeah um and then the other thing that's a not necessarily like they're directly hurting like the fishing cat but it like happens to be harming them is that when people are overfishing in the lakes that the fishing cat uses or the rivers then it's like less food for them to hunt so right. then they're being driven out trying to find where they can get food because people are overfishing yeah. so that's the other threat that they deal with okay their behavior do you think they are nocturnal or diurnal do they party at night, or do they hang out in the mornings and daytime? I think they'd be more successful fishing during the day. You would think that, but they are nocturnal. Really? Yeah, so they obviously have good eyesight. Yeah. Right? Um, so they are nocturnal, and they are solitary hunters. They rest amongst the vegetation during the daytime, and then they kind of head out to the water near dusk and hang out, and once nighttime hits, they start hunting for food. Sleeping ducks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, the poor ducks. <laughs> that's one way to wake up. Oh, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> you're sleeping on the water, and then suddenly you're pulled under and grabs your ankle. Ugh. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's like the fear of everyone, like, that can't have in their the feet ocean. exposed. Yeah, it's I don't like, like not seeing my feet in the water. Someone's going to just grab it and yank me under. See, that's, that's an orca for me. Like, you don't see them coming. Because <laughs> they blend into the darkness of the water. Ugh. But also just in, like, my own bed, I can't have my feet uncovered. Yeah. Like, even though I know no one's under my bed and nothing's going to pull me under. It doesn't matter how hot it is. I at least need a sheet. Yeah. I need something. Like, I'll kick my legs out, but my feet have to be tucked back under a blanket. (laughs) I can't. I can't do it. So. Those poor ducks. (laughs) Those poor ducks. Live in my fear. (laughs) Um, And then they mark their territory because they are pretty territorial. Uh, and they mark it with their breeding status, with a strong smelling urine, or they just mark it in general, like, this is my area, you stay out. Um, and then they have decently sized territory, and it can be up to, like, 22 square kilometers. Um, however, like, a bunch of the females will have, like, a smaller range, and they'll also overlap with the males, and the males don't seem to mind if the ladies are on their territory, because the ladies <laughs> i feel like that's pretty typical the males don't Sounds mind like right. oh hey there ladies i don't mind <laughs> but Come on over. once another once another guy gets on their land they're like you get off <laughs> get off my yard <sighs> animals are so funny um so yeah they will overlap a little bit but only if it's with the opposite gender <laughs> so silly cats um they are relatively adaptable to certain areas because they have been known to be in suburban areas as long as there's still some vegetation and water. Um, but they can't, like, be too close to the human settlements. But they have been known to be like, all right, I can make this work if they're desperate enough. Yeah. And if there's, like, a good enough source of food and good enough, like, hiding but for yeah. the most part, they prefer to not be near human settlements. Um, and then they communicate with hissing, typical. And then they also do, like, these growls that are, like, gurgly growls. Mm-hmm. And then they're pretty low, demanding meows, which I think is really funny. <laughs> like, what would your low, demanding meow sound like? Because anytime I, like, do a meow, it's, like, high-pitched and, like, meow. But I'm trying to imagine, like, meow. <laughs> like, what would yours be? <laughs> Probably just <laughs> you don't want to do it. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm imagining a cat. Like, I can do like their little like, you know, yeah. but it's not a meow. No, it's not. It's like a growl. Love meow. Meow. <laughs> it just sounds creepy to me. <laughs> I sound creepy. Meow. Meow. <laughs> meow. <laughs> None of these have been Megan, by the way, people. <laughs> She's too embarrassed to do it. She's I giggling even too much. Think about a low meow. It doesn't sound right. Right? That's the thing. It's like it's so natural. Just meow. both my cats sound like little girls. So <laughs> don't let Zuko hear you say that. He's kind of pathetic. So. <laughs> That's fair. You did call him a chicken cat. <laughs> Get some attention and. Extra munchies and crunchies. There you go. Munchies and crunchies. That's what they live for. Except for the queens. (laughs) (laughs) They they have their own. I mean, how would their low demanding meow be as a queen? Because I feel like... Meow. Meow. (laughs) You do what I say. Meow. (laughs) Meow. Meow. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Just, I'm trying to imagine it and I still can't. Okay, their life cycle. Babies! Because babies are cute. Oh, do you think the babies can do a low demanding meow? No. I'm sure they sound they're like little like squeaky kittens. toys. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to, what is the, it's the opposite of helium. What is that? Know. There's that gas that's like, cause helium's ten times lighter, so there's that gas that's like ten times lower. They're like, you'd have to like, do that in order to like, actually do what like, their meow would be. Probably. Because you could do like, your normal meow, but it'd be like, meow. <laughs> Sounds like an old man. <laughs> old man meow. 
That's not a name I want to be known as. <laughs> um, okay. So little is known about their breeding. <laughs> I feel like that's how a lot of animals are, unless they're, like, super common and easy to study. Yeah. Um, the male and the female will make sounds called chittering as part of their courtship, and then the females will signal their willingness to breed um, and the male will communicate its submissiveness. So, the males totally submit to the queen. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yes. Um, and she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. We're good. We can do this. Then he's like, sweet, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then their mating is thought to take place between the months of January and February. So not very long at all. No. Um, and then when the female fishing cat... Um, Oh, the female kish- the female fishing cat, the kishing cat, female fishing cat will call the males to her area, indicating that she is ready, um, which is kind of like, you know, the males just, I guess, allow them on their land and it's like, I'll come when you're ready. Yep. Literally. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, let me know. <laughs> but true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the female will be like... I'm ready. And then the male's like, cool, I'm submitting to you, my queen. And then she's like, okay. And then they mate. And then, do you want to guess how long their gestation period is? It is not nearly as long as the Three other. months? Maybe. Yeah. C- close. Because <laughs> like, it's in days that I had to like, convert in my head. Like, how long is three months? <laughs> three months is, what, 90 days? Yeah. So, yeah, it's not quite three months, it's just under. It's about two to three, so it's 60 to 70 days. Okay. It's so like two to two and a half. Doesn't sound as bad. Yeah. Not nearly as bad. <laughs> um, and then she will give birth to one to four little babies, some kittens, and they each weigh about 150 grams, and they're born blind, and these kittens develop pretty slow. Okay. Yeah. So, they... Um, We'll put on an average weight of 11 grams a day for, like, the first few weeks. And they don't open their eyes until they're just over two weeks old. And then at about 50 days old, the kittens will start to be able to eat meat, but they're not fully weaned until, like, another couple of months later. And they learn how to fish watching their moms. Okay. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. Where were we? Baby kitties. They hunt with their moms. Yes. So they learn to fish by watching their moms. And that's how they become good fishers. Um, Fishing cats. They reach their adult size and they're able to breed by the time they are nine months old. So in that sense, they grow fast. (laughs) So like their little baby needy phase. What would you? Dependent phase takes a while but then once they're independent they're like i'm independent yeah (laughs) so ridiculous sounds about right with most people as soon as like i'm independent leave me alone i'm an adult and then they i don't want to be an adult (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah they uh can be on their own and breed by the time they're nine months old and they're completely independent by then um they're completely independent by 10 months old and then they go off and establish their own territory probably not overlapping with their mothers but you never know yeah um and then the females are known to raise the young by themselves in the wild however in captive males have been observed to help but that might just be because they're captive and they're like you're my family i'm just gonna hang out yeah um but for the most part in the wild the males just do their business and then go off on their own and leave the queens to be but you know maybe maybe the females prefer it that way who knows? Um, and then they live to be, <clears throat> as I choke, they live to be about 10 to 12 years old. They okay. don't have a huge lifespan, but I feel like for their size and their type of animal, it's pretty average. Yeah. So. 10 to 12. Especially if they can start having babies by nine months. Yeah. <laughs> That's young. That's only how long we're pregnant for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool, weird facts-ish. In India, the fishing cat is in the Wildlife Protection Act, um, and it's protected from hunting, and under this act, the offenders that are found guilty will be punished by imprisonment for a term up to three years, 
or they will be fined with a hefty fine. Sorry, gnats. <laughs> um, which could exceed up to 25,000 Indian rupees. Or they could get both. So they could pay the fine and spend time in prison. Um, but I did the calculation of what their uh, fee would be in U.S. dollars. And it's really sad. It's less than $400. It's $337.68. So. That's not bad. Nope. But I mean, for them, it's a lot. But for us, it's it's still a decent amount, but not. Killing an endangered species, though? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, when you could probably sell their fur for way more. Worth the risk, then, I guess, for them. As long as they uh, get it in the U.S. dollars. They only got 330 rupees, not so much. Yeah. Because that would be way less. But yeah, if they sold it to someone in the U.S. or Britain or something for like 400 of those, they would be fine. Unless they had to spend time in jail, then they'd be not less so nice. Fine. Yeah. But if they only had the fine, so maybe they need to do both, fine and prison time. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And up it. <laughs> up that fine not a very fine fine. <laughs> um, and then we talked about how they have 32 muscles in their ears, and it's because they can rotate it a full 180 degrees, um, and they do this so that way cats can hear in several di- directions without turning its head, which also means that there was another study done with cats hearing, and they, because of how good their hearing is and all of their like ways they can turn their ears and all those muscles, they can hear from pretty good distances that they can hear where you're at. Like a house cat can hear where you are in your house. So then if a sound, like a speaker of your voice goes off in a different part of your house, your cat's going to freak out because it's like, that's not where they are because <laughs> I know they're over there. So what's the opening over there? Yeah. It's super funny. They did like this whole research of like trying to play basically hide and seek with their cats and you just can't unless you have like, your voice going off in other rooms that's like confusing them but for the most part they know where you are in your house at all times because of their insane hearing so yeah they want you they know where to find you <laughs> makes sense when people are over they're gone that's true they, and they know exactly where Nobody you knows. are at all times to yeah. like know where to hide so i could not find any famous ones because <laughs> they're not that famous of a cat um i didn't know about them until recently um when i was trying to find what kind of cat to do for you um, but there is a story, one of them's kind of sad, and then one of them's kind of happy. So there's a story about a fishing cat that was captured. <laughs> this was a while ago, too. Um, and it was put in a cage adjacent to a leopard, and the fishing cat killed the leopard. Oh. And they're like, what? Because they're much smaller, but they're obviously very fierce. Yeah. Um. I'm not really sure how, and I don't really know how true it is, but that is a story I found, and I was like, what? So, potentially, fishing cats could kill bigger bigger cats if they need to, okay. I suppose. Um, but then on a happier note, there is some kids' books called like about fishing cats. One specifically is called The Little Lost Fishing Cat. Um, you can listen to it on YouTube. Someone reads it out loud on YouTube, but it's about a little lost fishing cat finding its way. Cute. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cute. Alright, lightning round. What's your lightning sound? Or you can opt out a lightning sound and do your deep meow. <laughs> your low, demanding meow. Meow. Yeah! <laughs> I liked it. You sounded very much like, um, not Cusco. Kind of like a cronk. <laughs> or some other Disney character getting ready to sing. Yeah. Doing their like me 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 me. Meow 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 meow. <laughs> okay, lightning round. So they're incredibly strong and capable swimmers, and they have been known to swim vast distances, often in pursuit of fish that are trying to get away. So they will just swim chase that fish down. Wow. It's pretty cool. Um, a small population has actually been found in parts of the Himalayas, and that's because of the waterways that they can use, and then, so they're capable of surviving at elevations of 5,000 feet. So, they will be 
in odd places that you don't expect as long as there's good vegetation and water. Um, and then they are believed, there's believed to be at least 10,000 fishing cats left in the world. Okay. Um, they're hoping that that number goes up, but they're hoping at least 10,000 is what their guesstimations and estimations are at. They can travel at speeds of 34 miles per hour. Wow. They are pretty fast little, little demons. Um, little queens. Because they are queens. (laughs) And then a study in India estimates that the fishing cat in the West Bengal state in India eats between 365 to 730 rodents per year. So, they are very useful to have around because they will eat pests. Yeah. And rodents, which people don't want getting into their houses. So, stop killing them and let them kill your annoying pests. Sounds good. Right? I wouldn't mind them eating... 730 rodents a year in this area. Yeah. Get out of here, rats and mice. I don't want you. Um, unless you're a pet, then you can stay. But... All right. And my last segment. There, when I was doing this research, there was a lot of, like, links to um, what's known as the Fisher Cat. And you have to make sure you're not confusing Fishing Cat with Fisher Cat. Because they sound similar, and you would think they're the same, but they are very, very, very different species. Um, So I'm going to go over the difference of those real quick, so that way people are like, oh, I know what the fisher cat is. They scream. Not true. Um, So the fishing cat is what we talked about today, which is the cute little kitty cat slash fast and scary hunting machine that can swim and pull you underwater (laughs) if you're a duck. And then the fisher cat is actually more like a weasel and a ferret because it belongs to the same family as weasels. So it's not even a cat. (laughs) It's a weasel ferret thing. So I don't know why it's got its name of the fisher cat, but it does. Um, It's not even related to cats. It's super funny. And they, uh, so they have similar names, which is the only reason I'm bringing this up because a lot of the times it was like, does the fisher cat do this? And like, that's the fisher not the fishing cat. So, one eats fish. Our fishing cat eats fish. The fisher cat does not eat fish. What? It's not a cat and it doesn't eat fish. Right? It does. Its name makes no sense. It's a weasel thing and it doesn't eat fish. It's not even a cat. Um, one lives in Asia, which is our fishing cat, while one lives in North America, which is the fisher cat. And then there is a myth that the fisher cat will scream bloody murder before attacking its prey. Which sounds terrifying, but that is also not true, um, because they're pretty quiet hunters, and then the sounds they do make are similar to ferrets. They make, like, this chuckly sound, um, like an agitated chuckle, and then, yeah, so they're very different, (laughs) but they have a very similar name, um, and then they do have one thing in common, though, and that is that they are both endangered. So, that's their one in common thing for the most part. There you go. And my very last thing. Is the fishing cat the right pet for you? Do you think, before I read what it would be like to own as a cat, do you think you would own it as a cat? I think that's a bad idea. (laughs) You would be smart. So, fishing cats are bred of, are a breed of wild cat found in Southeast Asia. Um, They haven't gone under, like, done any type of domestication with these cats. So they are not your traditional pet. Um, However, if you are an experienced big cat owner, you could probably keep them. You just need special permits and licenses to own a fishing cat. But they are not legal in every state. So you'd have to make sure they're legal first and you have all the right qualifications. And you're experienced with taking care of bigger cats first. (laughs) So people who own tigers and lions probably could own a fishing cat but people who own a normal house cat, probably not. They'd probably eat the house cat. Probably, and make a huge mess with all your water, and they don't have fully retractable claws, so they'd probably hurt and... Tear up a couch. <laughs> they are not domesticated. They are still very much wild, so you'd have and to keep them leopard, caged. It killed a leopard, It killed a leopard! So that's kind of worrisome. Yes, yes, it killed a leopard. So, yeah. Just remember always that Bennett discovered them. <laughs> and we don't know who Bennett is. 
Who's Bennett? I don't know. Uh, I wonder if he could do a low demanding meow. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, that's it on the fishing cat. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me, animal lovers. And also, thank you to my special guest this week. Please rate, review, and tell all your friends so I can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. I would love to hear from you. Your stories, your experiences, any suggestions you might have. Also, I would love to see any fun, cool art you guys do. You can email them to me at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Animal Facts Podcast on Instagram for updates, cool art, and other fun animal-related news. Click the link in the description for the resources, the donation links to saving the different animals we talk about, merchandise, and other fun things. A special thank you to my family for my really fun drum rolls, my best friend Jewel for my awesome music, and to my guests for joining me in my animal passions. Thank you again, animal lovers, for listening and supporting me in my animal discoveries and adventures. And until next time, bye! You ready for your last random fact? It has nothing to do with the fishing cat. Let's hear it. There is a fungus that slowly kills the goldenrod soldier beater. Beetle, not beater. Beetle. Um, It takes about two weeks. When the beetle is almost dead, the fungus makes it climb onto a flower and clamp down on the flower where it dies. And then the fungus basically turns the beetle into a zombie. Um, Because after the dead... Because after the beetle dies, the fungus makes the beetle open its wings to help it spread more fungal spores. That's scary. So there's a fungus that's basically zombifying beetles in order to spread more fungus. Luckily, it doesn't affect humans, just the beetles. But that's good. You know. Hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully. Maybe (laughs) one day someone will do something stupid and make it affect humans and then we'll just be... At least we won't be trying to eat brains. We'll just be trying to spread spores. But we'll just be standing around like this trying to spread spores. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Well, clamped onto something. Stand at the nitri. I don't know. <laughs> Super weird. It basically turns them into a zombie, though. There's a fungus that makes the goldenrod soldier beetle into a soldier zombie. Zombie soldier? Zombie soldier. Zombie soldier. Zombie soldier.